This is the Full Range Feminine Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Alexandra, and in this space, we go all the way. Yo, baby, are you a little memory junkie? What I mean by this is, are you addicted to your memories, to replaying old scenes or, you know, looking back at the good times and somehow making them seem rosier and looking back at the bad times and somehow like making them even more gutting, just like that loop of replaying, revisiting stuff from the past and then wondering why you're not moving forward, letting essentially thoughts and things that are no longer in existence, conversations, experiences, environments, relationships that are not even in your current reality, hijack your day-to-day, right? Sometimes these memories aren't even memories at all. They're just like fantasy storylines, would have, could have, beans, a Narnia land where you said the perfect line in a fight or where they chased after you as you left or where things were somehow spun differently. You said something different or did something different or they said or did something different. You know, a a path you could have taken and chose not to or a path someone else could have taken and chose not to, right? Are you a little junkie for doing this. We see this in all sorts of ways. We can see this, um, and and I'll call myself out. I was totally guilty of this. When I exited an abusive situation, I did what I called looping, okay? And when I finally talked to a psychotherapist that specialized in the kind of abusive situation that I had been in, she referred to it as ruminating, okay? And when we ruminate over something, we just like think of it over and over again. You know, you get in the car and all of a sudden you're having like fake conversations. And of course this is going to happen, especially if you've been in, you know, a situation where you were not seen or heard or validated at all. You're going to be like up against this wall. So whatever you want to call it, looping, ruminating, living in the past. But here's the thing, okay? This is where the little, this is where the little addiction memo comes in because you get a psychological kick of both serotonin and dopamine when your imagination feeds into this neurological loop. Okay. You know how when it's, say you are having this little, you know, car conversation, shower conversation, I'm on a walk conversation. I can remember my mom talking about how she would go hiking um, years and years ago. And she would, this is what she would do. She would loop, she would ruminate after leaving a toxic situation, right? And so whatever, you know, whatever your mode is that you're in when this happens, but it's like your body feels like it's actually occurring, right? So your brain releases serotonin and dopamine from this imaginative situation. Isn't that crazy? So we actually do become little junkies for this hit of like nostalgia, dopamine, serotonin rush, okay? And I don't, you know, I'm not belittling or or being condescending or anything, you know, addiction. I'm not using the word junkie here flippantly. It's just like, what else can we do but be like, holy shit, this is, <laughs> this is insane and call it for what it is, 
right? Because here's the thing. Just like any addiction, the first step is admitting that you have a problem, right? Like, hi, I'm Amy and I'm addicted to replaying thoughts in my head that send my nervous system into a heightened state because my subconscious perceives it as an actual threat and then I claim that I simply cannot get over it, right? And we see this ruminating in lots of different, like it shows up in lots of different ways. One of the ways that we'll see it um, is just like an obsessive need to keep talking about this stuff, right? I'm sure we have all witnessed the friend being like this, or we have been the friend that has been like this, or we, or both, you know, that just has to keep talking or, you know, trying to figure out what another person meant by what they said or what they did or trying to figure out what they're doing or could be doing or what they could have done differently, whatever, whatever. We'll also see this, um, you know, we kind of sometimes will become like addicted to paying attention to markers of time, right? We're like, oh, well, it's been one month since that happened or, oh, this is the one year anniversary of when that occurred. And I get it, you know, time seems very real because our society has constructed this this idea of time and we live our lives and die by this kind of construct, this rule. Um, but we also have to understand that if we didn't have calendars marking down the days, you would not know that it had been, you know, one month since your breakup or one year since that crazy fight or whatever. So if we didn't have those calendars marking, you would not know. Your body would not naturally know that right? So we we track this stuff and then we give ourselves like that excuse to go back and obsess over these things. I mean, our phone even does it, right? It's like, oh, one year ago today you were in a happy relationship or one year ago today you were crying on your bathroom floor. And then we go back and we loop and ruminate and obsess and create stories and replay situations. And now that we know that doing that gives us this crazy surge in our brains of serotonin and dopamine and like serotonin and dopamine, those are our, those are our feel good neurotransmitters, right? That's the same things that are produced when we are doing anything that we really, really love, right? Um, these are these are the neurotransmitters that make us feel just like good and alive and like life is yummy and delicious, right? We get, you know, we will see in brain activity of people who are eating sugar or doing heroin, you will also see a surge in serotonin and dopamine. And that is why we get addicted to drugs. We get addicted to sugar. And so now that we're, now that we're equipped, <laughs> sorry, now that I have burst your little bubble and you are now equipped with the information that it is actually that your brain is addicted to doing this process of revisiting either real or made up scenarios. It's like, okay, so are we going to get on the path of recovery or are we going to keep doing this, right? And now if you find that you do this because you have exited a toxic or abusive situation, if you were involved in like, you know, having a very traumatic childhood or these, these traumatic events, I get it, okay? I have been there. That is exactly why I used to what I called loop, 
right? But we also have to realize that what was going on in those situations also was causing us to release neurotransmitters. You know, anytime you're involved in sort of hot and cold or breadcrumbing or love bombing type situation, um, you're also, your brain is also releasing um, these neurotransmitters during the kind of up phases, which is why we get addicted to being in toxic relational dynamics, toxic work environments, whatever it is. So, okay, so say it with me right now. If this is resonating, if you're like, okay, I do this. Every time I get in my car and go for a drive, I replay these crazy scenarios or whatever. If you if this is resonating for you, then you're going to say it with me right now. Hi, I'm Amy and I'm addicted to replaying thoughts in my head that send my nervous system into a heightened state because my subconscious perceives it as a real threat and then I claim that I simply cannot get over it. And this is not true, right? We have to take our power back. Take your fucking brain back. Like, do you really want to spend weeks, months, years of your life with your literal brain being hijacked with thoughts that don't make us feel good? Because with that dopamine, serotonin rush that we get from that little imaginary scenario, we also experience the crash afterwards, which is why the little junkies that we are, we chase that rush again. We we inadvertently, subconsciously go back to thinking those thoughts because we want that little hit. Like, is this not the craziest thing you've ever heard? On my quote unquote, I hate the word, but I don't know what else to call it, healing journey. <laughs> of course, I have done lots of stuff that is Oh, like very comprehensive, very, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, spiritual, woo-woo, energetic. But then because I am a nerd, I just also had to dive into a lot of the science of healing, right? And call myself and others out on their own shit, right? This was you know, you you tap into the kind of new age world and they'll be like, oh, well, you have this soul contract with this person. It's your twin flame. That's why, you know, you keep thinking of them because they're thinking of you and like, oh, wow. And that just sounds so like, oh, it's just this, the plight, right? We're addicted to the plight sometimes, you know? But when you look at the science of it and it's like, no, it's babe. <laughs> it's not it, like, and I'm not saying that it isn't a soul contract or a twin flame. Like I believe in everything. So I also think that there's space for that, but also just on a really tangible 3d in this world, scientific level, your brain is releasing good shit <laughs> when you think these toxic thoughts. So you're going to keep thinking them. You're going to keep revisiting that place. So if we're going to reclaim our lives, if we're going to reclaim our brains, if we're going to kick these thoughts out that are, because that's the thing is when you're thinking these thoughts all the time, there's not much space. There's not much room for other things, or you have to try so hard to make room for other things. If you're ruminating and looping, you cannot meditate. If you're ruminating and looping, you cannot create brilliant ideas for your business. If you're ruminating and looping, you cannot study if you're ruminating and looping, you can barely fucking hold a really good in-depth conversation with somebody else about something that actually matters, okay? So we have to take a good, hard look 
at these stories and these scenarios and what they are, one, either attempting to create for us or two, keep us safe from, right? Those are the two main reasons that I think that I can come up with for why we do this because we have to remember that our subconscious mind, it is just always trying to take care of us, right? Even the crazy self-sabotaging shit that it does is just trying to take care of us. So when we're taking a look and like, okay, so when I loop over this, what am I trying to create? Well, sometimes what we're trying to create, like, you know, I'm just going to speak for myself because most of the looping that I did had to do with a, a toxic relationship. So I was trying to create like a scenario in which I felt chosen and loved because I felt rejected and abandoned in the situation. So I was like, I would create these scenarios where somehow like I got what I wanted, which was acceptance and love. But the other thing, this the other reason that we do this is because our subconscious is trying to keep us safe from something. Because we have this belief, which this isn't a true belief, but we have a belief that if we think of something, we will either be able to prevent it from happening or we won't be blindsided when it does happen. Okay. And we do this with all sorts of stuff, right? Say you enter into a new relationship or you get a new job or something. You will think of all, not everyone, but some people have the tendency to think of like all the ways in which this could possibly go wrong. And sometimes you'll block yourself from even feeling joy about these things because you're so focused on, you know, all the ways that it could turn south. And that's just our subconscious being like, hey, if you, if you think about if you think about how it could go bad, then then maybe it won't happen. Maybe you could prevent it from happening or maybe you won't be as hurt when it does happen. But that's not <laughs> that's not true, right? If you enter into a new relationship and spend all of your time obsessing over whether they are going to hurt you the way that your ex did, you block yourself from enjoying the relationship. You block yourself from actually energetically fully entering into the relationship. And then if you do end up getting hurt, it doesn't hurt any less just because you thought of it, right? If you get a new job and you are obsessing over how you might get fired, it, it doesn't, it's not going to hurt any less if and when you get fired just because you thought of the possibility. Like I'm here to, I'm here to tell you that. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that premeditatively pre pre thinking of something doesn't protect you from it at all. <laughs> okay. And in fact, when we look at the law of attraction, the law of assumption, when we look at the fact that our thoughts create a reality, in fact, you obsessing over the possibility of something happening, even a bad thing, you might actually be creating it because our subconscious is always going to be looking for ways to confirm our subconscious belief. So if you have this subconscious thought that something is going to happen, you're going to be looking out for signs for it, even if they barely exist. Okay. And this looping, this ruminating, this obsessing, this storytelling, the replaying of events or this creation of kind of a false or facade-like event, we just have to thank. Thank your little brain. Thank you, little brain, for your creativity. <laughs> thank you for having such a vivid imagination. Thank you for trying to protect me, right? 
there's zero sense in shaming yourself for doing this stuff, right? Because when we understand that it's just a mechanism of our little minds to try to keep us safe, to try to protect us, to try to keep us from getting hurt, it's like, I get it. I I understand. And, and thank you for doing that. But then we just tell them, I don't, I don't need you to do this anymore. Right? I got me. Okay. I'm I'm gonna move forward from a place of love, not a place from fear. I'm gonna just grab the reins and realize that hurt is inevitable. Okay, and I say that like in capital letters with a period at the end. It doesn't matter how much you obsess over trying to not get hurt in the first place or again, you will. You you will be hurt and it's okay. It's part of the human existence, right? In whatever ways you were hurt or betrayed or abandoned or rejected before, you will probably experience similar feelings again. The difference is what you do between that last experience and this current experience, which I'm going to talk about in a second, all of these things that we can do to kind of calm that subconscious mind, to to rewire our brains and our bodies at at a cellular neurological level so that the next time something like this happens, this hurt that is inevitable, we're just able to respond differently. We're able to have our backs in a different way, right? So again, we're just, we're thanking our brain. Thank you for your creativity, for your vivid imagination and for your protection. But you're actually not welcome here anymore. These, this ruminating, these stories, this obsession, it's not welcome here. And you're going to have to be firm. You're going to have to be firm with yourself. We have to break this chaos loop, this chaos cycle that we keep repeating in our minds, this little addiction cycle that we have ourselves on, this roller coaster of the ups and downs of dopamine and serotonin because we're thinking these thoughts and then those thoughts make us feel like shit, right? So we have to interrupt the thought patterns. And I know this is going to sound just too simple, too basic, too easy, kind of cheesy, right? But we're going to interrupt those thoughts by just like acknowledging the fact that we're having those thoughts, okay? My life coach, what she recommends is she says that when you're having this looping, you just say thought, thought, okay? Just out loud if you can, thought, thought, because that just draws your mind to it. Just, it's going to just cause a little pause, like a little electric shock. Like, okay, I'm thinking those thoughts again. You can, if you're alone, which is for me at least, oftentimes when these stories would replay the most, I'd be like, hey, old stories, I see you there, I hear you, we're not going to do this anymore, we're not doing this, we're taking a break, we're going to think something else, right? And as soon as you are speaking out loud or actively thinking another thought, you, you know, you're, you're at least taking a little break, a little pause, right? I don't know if you've heard this um, fact, but it, within our brains, um, anxiety and gratitude can't exist in the same moment because they actually utilize the same area of the brain. So you can interrupt anxiety with gratitude. Now, we don't always recognize the this looping as causing us anxiety because we're so addicted and acclimated and accustomed to the way that it makes us feel, but it is essentially anxiety inducing. So you can interrupt that storyline, that loop, 
that obsessing, that imaginative narrative with gratitude. I love, again, I'm a huge advocate for doing things out loud. Just start listing off if you're alone or even if you're with somebody. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for these orchids. I'm so grateful for my computer. I'm so grateful for the sun that's outside. I'm so grateful for my dog. I'm so grateful for whatever, whatever. And if you're not, you can say it in your head. You can write it down, whatever. But we're going to try to cause an interruption with this. Another way is that we can replace this addiction with essentially a lesser evil. It's really hard to break a habit without introducing a new habit, right? That's why it's like if you're trying to quit smoking, you kind of got to quit coffee for a while because as soon as you're sipping your cup of coffee, you're going to want to smoke. So it's like instead you have to go for a walk or whatever. So we can replace this addiction with our stories with something else. And I am always going to advocate for movement of some kind because the best way to get out of your head and into your body is to get the fuck into your body, right? We walk, we move, we dance, we take big deep breaths, we shake our bodies, we stomp our feet, we have a little rage fit, we laugh hysterically, like whatever you can do. The other thing that we can do is we can try to change the narrative. We can use our mature higher self to have a conversation and be like, this is literally made up or this already happened. So there's nothing you can do to change it. And just like, you know, drop the fucking mic right there. Bringing your body into every part of this is always going to be a huge part of the unlock, right? Because this is what this is what I mean when I talk about somatic rewiring. Um, and again, getting out of the head and into the body. Because so often in these times of like, you know, trauma or these things that have thrown us off a lot, our body kind of goes into freeze mode and then we store all this shit in our freaking cells. And so this works differently. You know, if, if the somatic stuff doesn't resonate for you, that's totally fine. I don't think there's any hard, fast rules with this stuff. But for me, at least, it's movement that unleashes this stuff because I very much kind of like trap things, hold things in. Like my body's response when I'm really, really heightened is to like hold very, very still, right? Um, and knowing that when you're implementing whatever these things are, and I could recommend a million, you know, I'm going to recommend life coaching. I'm going to recommend therapy. I'm going to recommend brain spotting. I'm going to recommend EMDR. I'm going to recommend breath work. I'm going to recommend meditation, like blah, 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 blah. But I'm just talking about things that you can do right now in this fucking moment as you're listening to this podcast, right after you listen to this podcast, whatever. But then recognize that you're probably going to feel like withdrawal-like symptoms. When you stop ruminating on old thoughts, your brain's going to be like, well, then what shall we think about? You know? So learn something. Take a course or a class. Read a fucking book. Like, fill your brain with something else. You know, like utilize that brain space and you will realize that there's, you were spending so much time doing this shit, you know? So say you're, you're driving in the car and you start doing this, have a a podcast or even a song that you like to sing to and just interrupt that. Break the fucking pattern. So you might feel withdrawal symptoms. You might miss the way that you felt when you were letting that dopamine and serotonin course through your veins by thinking thoughts that actually ultimately made you feel like shit. Also, 
you will likely relapse. Like the chances of you listening to this and being like, I'm going to change my ways and then just going on and never ruminating or looping or creating imaginative scenarios or letting yourself think about the past because it's been at the one year mark or whatever. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, if it does, kudos to freaking you. And please message me and tell me how the hell you did that. <laughs> because for most of us mere mortals, we're going to relapse. We're going to relapse lots of times. That's actually part of the process. If you look into the process of healing from any addiction, relapse is part of it a lot of the time. Okay. Also, there will be sense like <laughs> situations. That's the word. Situations, environments experiences that are more sensitive moving forward, right? There's going to be places and people and times that really just want to throw you back into that time. You might do so, so well, and you haven't been ruminating or looping or having fake arguments and conversations for months and months and months. And then you go to a place that reminds you of something or someone messages you something and it causes you to go to that. There's going to be situations that are just more likely to bring this out of you. So one, you can either avoid those, see if you can cut them from your life, or two, you can go to those spots and utilize these tools in those spots, in those situations, in those moments, right? And I know, <laughs> I know that that high, that dopamine, serotonin rush that we get when we're having these fake arguments or trying to get our needs met in an imaginary situation. I know this sounds so crazy. And anyone who's never done this before, if they listen to this, they're going to be like, what the hell are you even talking about? But, and I know that high feels so good, but I have to tell you that the recovery stage, the space in your brain, the spaciousness, the availability of your brain to be creative about other things that are actually in the now that actually matter that actually move the needle to your life being fucking better that is a high that you can't even imagine until you are there i promise you that the dopamine and serotonin rush that you get from being present with your body and your mind in the now is it far surpasses that addiction to the looping, okay? It is your fucking brain, baby. Do not let low vibe shit live in there rent free. That's the message, okay? I am rooting for you. Thank you for being here with me. I love to see your tags and hear your thoughts, and I am across all platforms as Amy Alexandra. I'm a life coach that specializes in feminine energy and leadership. I have one-on-one, -on -one, self-paced, and group coaching programs if you are ready to discover more of your full-range feminine.